Ah, it's David Eagle. That's interesting, actually, <laughs> because I never start a podcast by doing that, do I? No. I always, as we've established on the podcast before, I always seemingly start every stand-up gig by going, ah, oh, but I never do it. You even when we do the podcast, you and even I've, did that going on stage with the Younguns at the weekend. I think I always the do Younguns it. were introduced, and you went, "Ah!" I've probably always done it, but that clearly gives me energy. It gives me the impetus, the energy to do the gig. Maybe I should do it with the podcast. So maybe I should introduce you, and then I'll go, "Ah!" And, and then, then off we go. Off we go. Okay. And if it works in the podcast world, maybe it'll work in other arenas as well when I've got when I've got that much energy. Don't need to do stuff. Please welcome to the podcast, David Eagle. Oh. <laughs> Did it work? We'll find out. <laughs> Last week on the David Eagle podcast, moments of jeopardy, the satire of sexual techniques, gymnasts, and escapologists. Stop disappointing in bed, Ellie Skinner. I've told you, Patricia. I've said it to no. I told you, it's in him. Beware of the leopard. Are you a shadow of a person? Two, Two times. times. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I think you protest a little too much, my friend. Hey, here we are. Nice one, Terry. Nice one. Ah. Oh, my house. Now, it's time for a podcast presented by the creator of the legendary Mr. Pie Sketch. It's the David Eagle Podcast. Hello, welcome to the David Eagle Podcast. My name is David Eagle. And I'm Ellie Skinner. And if you're wondering what I was going to say... (laughs) You just tapped me on the shoulder to tell me to tell it to my own name again. (laughs) I thought we'd move past you. That's your bit. (laughs) <laughs> I, know. I think we've been doing this long enough for Ellie to know when to come in, for the, especially for the start. My name's David Eagle. Oh, but I, I still, for What's some reason, name again? I still tap her on the shoulder. <laughs> well, I was going to say that Ellie isn't laughing, whereas she normally would out of the introduction after yeah. my hilarious voiceover and the various clips that we've played. But I was going to say the reason she isn't laughing today, but then <laughs> she is laughing now. But the reason I was going to say that she wasn't is because I haven't actually put together the last week montage yet. Because we are recording this on the Tuesday, mm. and we normally record a little bit later than this, but Ellie is off to a Towersy Folk Festival I am. tomorrow, so we've had to do things in a different order. So I didn't want people to think that Ellie wasn't laughing, because it wasn't wonderful. Because I know a lot of people will be going, but that was absolutely hilarious, why isn't Ellie laughing? But that's the real reason. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so any- you weren't going to just superimpose some of my laughter over I the top? I I could do. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. Oh. <laughs> There. I, normally I talk over the laughter, but I left a little bit there so that I can put that in in post-production if I need to. See if you... <laughs> That's a good one. I can use that. There's another one. Oh, that's a very good one. Anyway, we could continue doing this. I think I've got a good range now, listeners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've been answering those emails. <laughs> talking of which, spammer time will... What? I thought you were going to say, talking of which, we have a new email address for the David Eagle podcast. We do. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the David Eagle podcast, you can now do that by email, thedavideaglepodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure it won't be long before that email is inundated with spam <laughs> yeah. that we can use in our feature, Spammer Time. And I think we are recording this on Eliza Carthy's birthday, Ellie. We are. And she has shared a Facebook post. So I think we should read this out yeah, in our yeah. feature, Spammer Time. Eliza Carthy, the folk singer and musician, for those people that are not in the know, I'm sure most of you are. But I have to remember, I have my two different worlds now, Ellie. Separate worlds. I have my different people. I have my comedy people, I have my folk people. Yeah. Then I have my blind people. Actually, I don't know if this is a spam thing. I think this is a genuine mm. thing. But we, I got an email. Do you want me to find it on your phone? Yeah, see if you can find it on the phone. I got an email saying that I had been nominated for a visually impaired excellence award. It was 200 other people who had been nominated and I have made it to the final eight in the blind category. Yeah, so basically there's a new website and group that's set up this year for the Edinburgh Fringe. So Um, this is the first year? Yeah, yeah. So it's not even like I could have won it other years? No, this is I mean, if I win it this year, it's almost like that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it's... uh, I mean, I'd like to think if I get nominated for the Blind Excellence Award, maybe they're listening to this podcast as a decision as whether to do it. I'm not sure whether they're giving the, the Blind Excellence Award after this at the moment. Although, again, I've not heard the last week on the David Eagle podcast montage yet. No. So 
So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so the Neurodiverse Review is set up in July 22 after realising there were no dedicated review sites for neurodiverse, autistic and disabled-led work. The reviewers are all neurodiverse. Oh, and yes, and people don't realise that I, I do a bit of roofing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my lead work. Oh, okay, hey, get that now. I've won the. There. I've won the award now. Thank uh, you. We only cover work <laughs> led by our community. The work doesn't have to be about disability. So they've also set up for this year's fringe a set of awards that celebrate people who are neurodiverse and disabled and in the arts, and particularly featuring at the fringe this year. So the category is getting narrower and narrower now. Now it's getting more <laughs> and more niche. Yeah. This isn't like all the blind people in the world. World. This isn't even out of all the blind people in the country. This is the blind people who work in the arts and were at this year's fringe. You got an email saying that you were long listed for the Visually Impaired Excellence Award. This means from the hundreds of public nominations, you've made the final eight. Now, our judging panel will shortlist to four final candidates. So it's mainly people who are doing shows at the fringe. So it's even more impressive that you've been nominated and long listed because you weren't there for longer than like three days. Yes. You're not doing a show there this year. I did do some very odd shows at the Fringe. Yeah. Did I, tell, I don't know if I told people that I was asked to do the Jewish <laughs> Comedians Showcase <laughs> and I did point out to them that I wasn't Jewish <laughs> and they said, oh no, it's absolutely fine. Each time we have a token Gentile so you can be that. <laughs> and weirdly, because all the Jewish people were Jewish, they felt that they had nothing to prove. So I was the only one who was I did some Jewish jokes. <laughs> Not like ripped off Jewish jokes, I just made references to Jews. And Jewish things <laughs> exactly. like foods and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel I put in more effort. I wouldn't surprise me if after this I get a Jewish Excellence Award. <laughs> Jewish Excellence Award for David Eagle. I said it's wonderful to be here at this venue just off the Royal Mile, not to be confused with the Royal Mile, which is where, of course, you go if you want an upmarket classy circumcision. <laughs> oh! It was such a good show, I even had a couple of people whisper at the back, second coming, <laughs> do you think? It was going so well, I had to tone it down. I had to deliberately not be as good because I was worried that some people were breaking their commandment about not worshipping false idols. <laughs> so when do we find out then? Um, I think they have shortlisted. Ah, okay. So I probably haven't been... Uh, All right, okay. Well, there you, you go. Do to have a look? Uh, yeah. Okay, this is where we find out that I haven't even made it, listeners. Yeah, no, you're not on the shortlist, but... Okay, so there we go. But the four people who are have been at the Fringe for the whole run. It's going to be an interesting podcast from here on in. Well, it's all right, we need to... We just can lower our standards now. Can they get lower? I don't know. I've already farted at the top. Well, we didn't put that in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm wishing that we had. Just as we started recording, I said, are you ready, Ellie? Ellie said yes. And I was just as I opened my mouth to speak, Ellie emitted wind. And <laughs> and then uh, there was a thought where I thought, we could, we could put that in, but we're really not that desperate. Um, Maybe we are. Maybe we are now. Maybe I've got, I, I mean, it probably is still there. I could probably look for it. If we really what, wanted just, to. Uh, wafting around the room or No, I mean the, the Oh sound, the recording. <laughs> the sound is probably there somewhere if I wanted to try and find it. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it. But this is so where would it be? So now next year I'll get the excellence <laughs> award. Hang on. I've got it. Here we go, Ellie. There it is. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I think it's clear who has the editorial control because it's not me. <laughs> I put took my nose blowing in. You put my well, I took in. it out, but you mentioned it. It wasn't going in the podcast. Oh, I thought it probably would. But do I've anyway. managed. No, no, no. But I've managed to troll the archives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and what? I think there's another one. It's where there's another one. <laughs> Oh, That's I don't weird. know. Now I feel pressure. Well, if you feel pressure, <laughs> then there probably is. <laughs> Here we go. I can't when you've got your hand on my shoulder. <laughs> to do it. I'm even directing <laughs> the farts now. I've got... No, I think it's dissipated. Sorry. Uh, I thought it was there. Something to look forward to later, maybe, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear. 
So, the majority of this podcast is going to feature our good friend, Matthew Crampton. Yeah. Folk singer, storyteller. The voice. Yeah, it's a wonderful voice. And also author. And he will be joining us, well, he'll be joining us five times over the course of the podcast. <laughs> four of those times will be for a four-part edition of Herbal Tea of the Week on location. And this week, we're heading to London. And we are going to take Herbal Tea of the Week to three different locations in London. And Matthew has a personal tea-based family story. Historical tea-based family story from the 1800s. We recorded that uh, London Herbal Tea of the Week Uh, a few months ago. We recorded it while people were still wearing masks indoors. And so you will hear a little bit of muffled speech at times. I mean, you can't hear it. Don't worry, it's not just us going... It's like the clangers do herbal tea of the week. (laughs) But also we saw Matthew this weekend at Fork East Festival in Suffolk and I did an hour solo show. Well, I say it was a solo show. I was joined at times by Ellie Skinner and by Matthew Crampton for a live Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact quiz live from Fork East Festival in Suffolk. And also we'll have a harrowing journey story as well. So that is all coming up on this week's episode of the David Eagle Podcast. I'm not going to put my hand on her shoulder with me, David Eagle. <laughs> and me, Ellie Skinner. <laughs> Phil, regular listener Phil, mm-hmm. suggested with the whole ah thing that we should incorporate that into the wedding. Either I come down the aisle like that, <laughs> or I could do it where she says, do you, David Eagle, take Ellie Skinner? How dare you? I will say, obviously. <laughs> to be your et cetera, et cetera. And... <laughs> Yeah, we've got uh, we've got one of those speed weddings yeah. that we're doing, save a bit of money in and out. Um, which is, we said, do we need to do that as part of the ritual? It's normally just to kiss, kiss the bride. But she said, oh no, this is what you do. Um, <laughs> Ellie's philosophy has always been better out than in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when they say, do you take Ellie Skinner? I can say, ah, do, which also has a kind of Yorkshire connotation because we are in Yorkshire now. Yeah. So we are Yorkshires. So I think that would kind of be a good nod to that as well. Is there any music that would have an ah to start with? The only one I can think of is... Ah, freak out! Oh, there's that. I mean, maybe not freak out for your wedding day. (laughs) Freak out? No, no, she's got to be here. She's got to be here. She's getting married. <laughs> That's really your uh, The only one I can think of with an R at the start is the immigrant song from Led Zeppelin. Ah! <laughs> or we could do like a, a mix <laughs> of, R. of R's. Yeah. And pitch your R into the songs. Maybe I'll do that for next week. That's something to look forward to for next week's podcast. I feel like we do these a lot when I say right. oh, that. that's what we'll do next week yeah. and we never do. Yeah. Didn't we suggest that we were going to do a Spammer Time rap as uh, MC Spammer? We did I that think, last week. I think you suggested <laughs> that. I don't think I ever agreed to that because we know how rubbish I am at rapping. Yeah, but there's lots of things that we kind of have up in the air. And uh, oh, yeah, we like. <laughs> <laughs> we do like our erotic acrobatics. But yeah, yeah if you've got some suggestions, songs. there'll be people shouting at their yeah, podcast thing going. I love the idea of a podcast <sighs> thing. Just that people listen to them on their phones. Yeah. On their podcast things. There's Dancing Queen. When does that do it? Uh, it doesn't. Stop. It just goes. Da-na-na. Is that not an R? Doesn't go. Ah, uh, definitely doesn't go. Ah, <laughs> well, obviously, there's knowing me, knowing you. Oh yeah. It's not an R. How is that not an R? The strings. That's like a, that's an a instrument. There's a voice. Get, right. You might. There might be a voice slightly underneath. Right. But that's not a clear voice. Right, listeners, please, is there a vocal R over the top of Dancing Queen or not? Because then they go, oh. Yeah, they go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but the first bit's R. It's not an R. I don't think that's an R. It's an R, right. Play it again. That's an instrument. That's an instrument. I think there's an R as well. Hang on. Hang on, well, stop, stop. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look and see if they can find a dancing queen a cappella. Ooh. Let's have a look. Here we go. Oh, 
That's an instrument. Okay. Do you not think? Well, I think that... You've just heard it there. It's trying to take out just the vocal. It thinks it's sort of vocal sounding, but I don't think that is a real voice. Okay. And I don't the, think it's clear enough. The, well, that's all, yeah. The... Oh, it's just ooh. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and the judges will be going, oh, can we not? What we could have had. Take that excellence award and give it to David Eagle. We've made a big mistake. I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, the Armix. We'll have yeah. a little think about that. I'll have a think of some others as well. But right now, we need to get to, because we've got loads of stuff to get involved with, Ellie. <laughs> yeah. So let's get to part one of Herbal Tea of the Week Ooh. on location in London with Matthew Crampton. Some folks like plain tea, others like tea herbally But this is the feature that reviews herbal tea verbally We'll give it a smell, we'll give it a drink And then we will tell you what we think Tea is the subject on which we will speak In our exciting feature, Herbal Tea of the Week so we're standing just off London's Leicester Square and there's a glass palace here called TWGT. They have amazing array of huge tea cans, I think, or caddies, I don't know, each about a yard tall, all with a different type of tea in them. And it's not just Chinese, but it's all manners. And so I suggest that we go in and explore some of the teas inside. I have a slight fear. This could act, it's quite a flash-looking place. It could be a front for the Republican Party and the Tea Party, <laughs> particularly. And so if we get offered any anti-vax stuff or pro-Trump yeah. stickers, we'll avoid them. Is quinine what they put in teas? Nothing. Tonic water, tonic isn't water. it? Ah. It's tannin. I was thinking tannin. we could get confused with quinine and QAnon. <laughs> One counter with lots of very highly polished teapots. Oh God, there's a operatic version of R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> Let's have some of the names of the tea, would you like okay. So I was thinking, because there's lots of glass teapots and things in here as well, oh. uh, I should explain to the listeners that I am walking through with an accordion on my back, an accordion case on my back because I've been doing a gig. So, anyway, we won't turn him fast. An on the wall level of jeopardy. There's a whole wall of metal tea caddies with the names Grand Cru Prestige Tea, 1837. Here are some names of some of their things. The Breakfast Queen's Tea, the Follow Me Tea, the Black Tea, the Eternal Summer Tea, New York Breakfast Tea, the Napoleon Tea, the African Ball Tea, the <laughs> Jade Dragon, and, of course, my particular favourite... Emperor Poo Er. All of these caddies of tea, David, are twenty-seven pounds. Bloody hell! You could have a secret tea tin. So they're sixteen pounds, and right. they're just different colours, and they've got different numbers on. So, so you don't go... even know what it is. Nope. So if we were to review that for Herbal Tea of the Week, we'd just be like, "Well, today we're drinking tea seventeen. Yeah. Or big uh, climatic end there for our Kellys. I believe I can fly. Operatic version. I've just realised what TWG means. It's taken from the Chinese characters for We Saw You Coming. <laughs> <laughs> the only mugs in this tea shop are the no. customers. There's some uh, Leicester Square tea. There's behind some Leicester us. Square tea? Yeah. Do I get a discount for being Leicester Square Theatre New Comedian of the Year? Maybe we should it's ask them. I found some information. Yeah. Uh, okay. TWG is the well-being group uh. who are based in Singapore. Now... If you do have a spare £2,400, we have a, just over here, there's a kettle. Um, what the heck? No, teapot, sorry. Here, just, it's a silver teapot. £2,493. Oh, Knock this over with me, accordion. Silver. It's just a mere teapot. Or you could have a teacup for £308. <laughs> um, there certainly is some rather special stuff here. Some Yorkshire tea here for £75. <laughs> well, I just feel like a lot of these blends we've had for £6 from Birdhouse. Yeah, but are they as good? And I suppose we love Oogly and Birdhouse. Are we a step up here, or is it just... Here, I don't think so. We've I... stopped in front of the Weekend Quinto tea set, which is five lots of 50 grams. We've got Weekend in Venice tea, Weekend in Bombay, Weekend in Istanbul, 
weekend in Saint-Tropez and weekend in Shanghai. And would you like to guess at how much that gift set is? £40. £95. What? <laughs> I think we are in tea hell here. Yeah. This is a branded, uh, the Sauron of the tea world <laughs> is where we are. I've, I've just spotted across the way, there's ones named after songs and things. So there's the magic flute tea, there's midnight hour tea. So, the, mm. you know, caters for all expensive tastes. Branded hell. We should go somewhere now, which is the real thing. Okay. Well, like the M&M store. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I forgot about it. Or Shake Shake over there. No, I'm going to suggest that we head to Fortnum & Mason's, Ooh. the finest tea emporium possibly in the world. Maybe what we should try and do is just try and find a simple green tea, find out how much it costs, and then compare it to the price at Fortnum & Mason's. Okay. Well, that's a lot of tea research. Yeah. Well, the bells are... The oh camp- my God, we're in time for the Leicester Square bells. The campanologists... Oh, are- so I'm, oh I was going to take oh. you towards the bells. The bells have stopped. And the bells in, have stopped. Into the last... Oh no, it's done again. Oh, God, we've been invaded by the Russians. <laughs> what do you call this one again? Is this Rachmaninoff? Is it Rachmaninoff? No, this is uh, Beethoven. Oh, it's Beethoven, of course. Yeah, yeah, Ode to yeah. Joy. Uh, it's Ode to yeah, Joy, isn't it? Yeah, it's I thought it was a Russian one, this. Yeah, no, that's, there's a group of Swiss bucolic farmers and cows revolving around a tower while the bells ring. Right. It's like a cuckoo clock without cuckoos yeah. and without a clock. But with bells <laughs> and farmers. I'm not sure about this song. <laughs> this one's a bit repetitive. Do you recognise this one? <laughs> yeah, and it's a bit of Philip Glass. <laughs> Do you think that was a mistake, that bit there, the two notes together? I think they're just killing time. Yeah, exactly. So what's the news, Ellie? Well, what I should have done was recorded her because I just asked her and she was like, well, we've got lots of different green teas and it depends. Uh, so basic Chinese censure for 50 grams is £6. Okay. A Japanese one is 11.75, but they've sold out of that. And uh, then she was saying that it's different because the Chinese one, they dry fry it to keep the greenness. Whereas a Japanese one, they use a damp cloth and it sort of steams it and it keeps it a lot fresher and lighter. But they've sold out of that because it's so popular. Oh, wow. Well, I think we're doing well. For 50 grams of Japanese green tea, you go from, I apologise for saying everything wrong, Gokuro Samurai. We can't hear what you're saying anyway because the bells. Can we head towards Port Nemo so I can read these out in a minute? But, David, right. The most expensive green tea for 50 grams is Imperial Guyokuro, £677. Oh my god. Wow. Is this more than drugs? I don't know. We'll leave you with some campanology. Ooh. What? That was my you, camp. Uh, the camp campanologist, <laughs> Carolyn Campin. <laughs> Herbal tea of the week. We'll have part two very soon. But first... Spammer time! Celebrity spammer time now. I thought it went into her junk folder. I thought we were dealing with Eliza Carthy's junk folder. Eliza Carthy MBE's junk folder. But we're not. I think she saw this on Facebook and shared it. So, essentially, we might just be regurgitating a viral post here. (laughs) But But we've got to go viral somehow. I can't. (laughs) <laughs> bloody dare you might not think of it just because I didn't win the excellence award you can't say I have gone viral we've just we established that last week I won with an my TikTok video what well, really yeah. what for year six of primary school I won the all round excellence award for everything mm. had my name carved on a trophy how the mighty have fallen <laughs> no. if the teacher's going to you know farting away on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> So, listeners, spammer time. So, this is from Eliza Carthy, MBE, folk singer and musician. She shared this on her Facebook, and now, in a very cheap bit of podcasting, (laughs) we are going to regurgitate it for you. Okay. So, it's a wanted ad that was placed in America 
Wanted, woman who wants to conceive child during totality eclipse in Oregon, Concord, Pleasant Hill or Martinez. I am 40 years of age, Caucasian male from Europe. My heritage is strong and pure. My looks, <laughs> instincts, knowledge and strength is 100% pure and 100% lethal. When you uh, are on a dating profile, or, you mm. know, you, you see the ads, I say the ads in the paper, I presumably <laughs> don't do that anymore. But, you know, the, the whole thing was it was always good sense of humour. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Likes long walks and mm. all of that. You never got lethal. Pure and lethal. Yeah. I don't, yeah I, and what a combination. Believe, wasn't that the working title for Hearsay's first song? <laughs> Pure and lethal. And then the marketing department said, I think simple yeah. would be better. So that's the reason for that. Anyway, all jokes should just trail off like that at the end. That's that. Anyway. I'm looking for a worthy female with strong genes, beauty and smarts to join me to experience the totality eclipse in Oregon. Exact place, not set. If we have chemistry, I would like for us to make love while the eclipse (laughs) is happening. When totality occurs, we will have simultaneous orgasms and we will conceive a child that will be on the next level of human evolution. We will make love together with me and my penis directed towards the sun. <laughs> There's a good soundbite. We need Matthew Cr- Matthew Crampton to narrate this. So uh, we will make love together with my penis... <laughs> Hang me on. and my penis directed towards the sun. How can you make love sun? to someone if their penis is directed towards the sun? Right? She will be obscuring the, pe- the sun, the penis. I don't know how that's even possible. Know. But everything will be aligned um, in the but, local universe. Is the sun universe. shining through a butt, is it? What? Everything will be aligned in the local universe. Both of our cosmic orgasmic energy will be aligned with the planets. In a brief moment of ecstasy, we will understand <laughs> everything. I love it. And ironically, at that moment, I've just got a message from a computer to tell me our peaks. Um, <laughs> which I think we did establish last week is when you go, when you clip and you start distorting because it's gone oh. over the zero decibel mark. Um, a brief moment of, I love the idea of a brief moment of ecstasy. It just sounds such formal language. Yeah. Well, of a brief moment. In fairness, he's not inflating this too much. No. After the grandeur and the, the way that his word before that about his what was pure the, and lethal. Pure and lethal, orgasmic, cosmic, orgasmic energy. His penis being directed towards the sun, and they're like, "We'll have a brief moment of ecstasy." I mean, don't we know? We're not over egging the pudding here. (laughs) In a brief moment of ecstasy, we will understand everything and together create a new universe full of love. You must like cats. Drugs are okay. This is a... Now, I'm starting to get dubious as to whether this is a real thing. Someone's made this up. You must like cats. You must like cats. Drugs are okay. Nitrous oxide, while we climax and experience totality and conception, is okay with me. Right. And that's the end of the ad. I wonder why the bit about you must like cats suddenly comes in there. <laughs> I wonder if it means the musical. <laughs> if you're not down with Mr. Mistopheles and his crew, there'll be no rum-tum-tugger for you. Hey, I'll take my cosmic orgasmic energy and give it to someone else, thank you very much. There'll be no brief ecstasy for you. I assume that's how he talks. I'll do. Hi, I love. You called about the adverts, are you? Just a little question about the logistics. Now, to be honest, when I wrote it, I hadn't quite thought through the logistics of the sun and the penis bit, but uh, yes, I'm studying the Kama Sutra and trying to work out how the sun can possibly glint off my penis while we make love, but that might have been a bit rash. You're up for it. Wonderful. You got the memo about cats. Brilliant. I'm, I'm going to put that on in the background. And hopefully we'll time the climax for the Mr. Mistopheles bit. That's my favourite. Brilliant, love. I'll see you there. And if you could bring some sandwiches, I'll get a bit peckish afterwards. It's all that cosmic orgasmic energy. <laughs> but now it's time for us to... Spammer time. time! Part two of Herbal Tea of the Week as we rejoin Matthew Crampton in London. Herbal Tea of the Week. Here on London's Piccadilly, right opposite the great old Royal Academy, is a large shop that's one of the oldest shops in London. It goes by the name of Fortnum and Masons. And we're here today for its tea department. So we are now once again walking into one of the most expensive department stores in London with an accordion on. What could possibly go wrong? Now, in some ways, sadly, this place is like the hellhole we just visited (laughs) in that it does have a lot of beautifully manicured tins of tea with funny names like fooding silver needle and prices that, frankly, are terrifying. But somehow this place feels authentic because they've been selling tea like this for probably hundreds of years rather than just a few years. 
we compare some prices? Yeah. Okay. Some of these are quite affordable and within our usual range. Ooh. So in front of us, we have started off with the mattress ceremonial green tea powder. So 30 grams is 25 pounds, but that's quite sort of standard for matcha powder. Nice. Um, well, you can find out. You can do a, a comparison size, uh, price matcha. <laughs> Dot com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're now in front of loose leaf Russian caravan tea. Okay. So this is a little tea caddy. It's got a lovely embossed top. Oh, has. And then underneath. I just listeners here. If I run my nail across the top. There you go. <laughs> and embossed into the bottom. But your glasses. Oh, the words. If I run my nails, across, my finger across the bottom. Uh, <laughs> new AMSR. Is that me? So that says time for tea. Blend of China black kimam and oolong teas recalls the ancient trading you routes. Kimam, al oolong. That brought tea to the czars in a caravan of camels. It's light, almost Ooh. nutty flavour and distinct character evokes the grandeur of Imperial Russia. So this is. Uh, well. It says uh, <laughs> ingredients. Yeah. Tea. No. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. It does what it says on the tin. So the tin is ten pounds <laughs> ninety-five for the right. loose leaf. The tea bags. 25 tea bags, 5 dollars 9 95 Rose Pouchon, silky tea bags. Silky tea bags? I'll have to let him know. <laughs> it's a comedian friend of mine. <laughs> Paul Silky White there. He's been on the podcast before. <laughs> well, I think we could probably get away with buying some here, well, couldn't we? Actually. We could choose yeah. one and they could perhaps, they, they might give it to us loose. You, well, see, you see all the I things. I don't want to cast aspersions on the serving staff and their models, but <laughs> I have to say the music here is a lot more upmarket and, yeah. and, and nicer. There's not R. Kelly, albeit operatic versions of R. Kelly. Well, I was just remembering actually, <laughs> R. Kelly, I always thought was someone's nephew in Liverpool. But that's <laughs> So this one is a wonderfully strong British brew brought to Piccadilly from far afield. It's a multi Assam, bright Kenyan teas, delicious with milk and perfect dunking partner to our county biscuits. I nearly read that wrong. <laughs> Ingredients again, very simple, tea, but there's a sniffing pot. Oh, a sniff you're a sniffing pot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's very nice. Oh, yes, I'd say that's rather good. I've just found a £70 tea strainer Ooh. just okay. over here. Very it's, nice. Yeah, it's there. not solid silver, but it's called the Camellia Tea Strainer. £70. This whole floor is devoted to tea, and it's a large floor, folks. Cold brew liqueur. Ooh. Tea liqueur, £40. Oh, Countess Earl Grey. You're going to have to start donating a bit more, listeners. <laughs> if you want us to get drunk on tea, there's a man at a counter over there. What's How much is he worth? Coffee. All oh, right. There's a coffee wow. counter. We're going to keep you away from the champagne, would you? Oh, my accordion. <laughs> <laughs> a tea strainer costs 70 quid. I don't think how much the champagne is. I'd like to invite you to come and sniff my friend Rose Pouchon. Ooh. So if you'd like to come Let's over give here. give Rose a bit of a sniff here. Yeah. Then we'll get back to smelling uh, teas. Here we are. Okay. Oh, very nice. Are you allowed to sniff, yeah, open yeah, the tins and sniff them? Is, no, this is a little sniffing tin, so they have oh. them it so you know what is Okay. Here. That is tea and rose petals. It's Turkish delight inspired. And, and they have some brewing notes on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this for rose pichon, they say it should be drunk at 4pm. Right. It's perfectly paired with milk chocolate coated lemon biscuits. Nice. And it's from China. This is a musical tin. Oh, it's a musical tin. Sounds like the Campanologists. <laughs> We're also standing next to where you can make up your own hamper. The biggest hamper is the price. <laughs> is it say Silky Tea Bags? We should take a picture yeah, and send it to Silky yeah. and say, are these rumours true? There's 100 quid and we won't reveal. <laughs> Irish breakfast. Irish breakfast? Yeah. What does that consist of? I don't know, it doesn't say potatoes. Like potatoes and Guinness. Herbal Tea of the Week. So we've done two parts of Herbal Tea of the Week. We haven't yet sampled any tea. No. That will be happening in the next instalment of Herbal Tea of the Week, coming very shortly. Also still to come, the first ever live Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact, which we'll be doing from Suffolk's Fork East Festival. But before that, it's harrowing journey time. Mm. 
Well, this happened while the rail strikes were on, so it was going to be fairly easy to get there before this point. I was doing a gig in Birkenhead, and I think to get there, I had to get a train from Sheffield to Liverpool, I think, yeah. or maybe Sheffield to Manchester, and then there was a train from Manchester to Birkenhead, but then the strike was happening. I really probably should have pulled out of the gig, but I don't like pulling out of things. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Anyway, better out than in. Come on, Ellie. It's my birthday. <laughs> But I decided I've got to go ahead of the gig now because I didn't really want to let anyone down. So I looked at doing the journey without a train because there weren't any train options. Well, there was no way of getting there by public no. transport. So I realised the only way to do it was to get to Manchester and then someone was going to give me a lift to Birkenhead. But I thought I'd be able to get a direct bus from Sheffield to Manchester to do You'd this think, gig. You'd think, wouldn't you? I'd have to do Sheffield to Leeds and then Leeds to Manchester. Bearing in mind on a train... It takes 50 minutes. What maps would be suggesting, what Google Maps would be suggesting is for me to have got the two o'clock bus to Leeds from Sheffield. That would have got me into Leeds, I think, just after three o'clock. Yeah. And then I would get the 3.20 bus to Manchester. Now, the trouble is, every single time I've got a bus, like a longer distance bus, it's never got there on time. We're always at least 10 minutes late. So I thought, this is far too much of a risk. If I get the two o'clock train at Leeds and it's meant to get there for three o'clock and the other one at Leeds is 3.20, that doesn't give me any leeway at all. And if I miss that bus, it's not like a train where you can just say, my train was delayed, so I need to get on this one. It's a completely different bus network. They don't line up. I would have to get a new ticket. They wouldn't just let me on another bus, and there wouldn't be space for another bus because everyone was getting buses because the trains are on strike. So I decided what I'd have to do is I'd have to get the one o'clock bus to Leeds, which would get me there for two o'clock, and then I'd have to wait for an hour and 20 minutes. So it was going to take me, bear in mind I have to get to the bus as well, so I've got to get to the, to the stop. So I'd have to leave with an hour to spare. I need to get the tram to the bus stop then get on the bus so I'd have to set off from my house at 12 and I would get into Manchester at half past four that's four and a half hours it was going to take me bearing in mind it takes two hours to get from London to Sheffield and ordinarily it would take 50 minutes from Sheffield to Manchester I was going to be on a series of buses and trams for four and a half hours and I still wouldn't be at the actual (laughs) destination yet I then had to get picked up and taken to the gig how long was it going to take to do that bit? I think it was another hour to drive to the gig. So another hour from Birkenhead. Essentially, it was going to take me somewhere between five and a half hours and six hours to get to this gig. And then afterwards, I needed to get back to Sheffield because I had a school thing in the morning. Because believe it or not, I do a lot of work in schools. <laughs> um, hang on, children. Uh, can we do Biology it all? today. We do it all on Zoom. Yeah, we'll do an animal penis quiz. <laughs> I'm glad I recorded this, uh, kids. I just farted there. I think you missed it. It happened before you came in, but we can well, rewind, rewind it. it. Listen to this. Um, Anyway. So we looked at the options. You could either go and stay with her in Manchester or you could come all the way back and she could stay with us and then drive home in the morning. So So a lot of logistics. It was going to be a lot of... And I also had worked out by the time I'd paid for the two buses Mm. and had paid her the petrol money, I was going to be out of pocket. I think I was going to lose £20 for doing the gig. And it got to the day of the gig and I set off at 12 o'clock, got the tram and I got to the bus station and Ellie came to meet me me as well. I mean, I could probably have done it absolutely yeah. fine, but I've n- I don't normally get buses. I normally get the train. So we didn't know where the stand was going to be at the coach station in Sheffield. And also we found that the ticket wasn't very accessible. So you didn't know if it was open, ready to be scanned. And that was all going to be a bit of a faff. So I thought I'll just come out, meet you, get you on the bus. She puts me on the bus. We scan the ticket. I'm sat on the bus for a good 10 minutes before the thing falls away and then off we go for what is advertised as the direct service from Sheffield to Leeds, non-stop from Sheffield to Leeds. As soon as the bus pulls away, I think, oh, I'll just have a quick check of my emails to see if I've got anything of interest. Oh, I had something of interest, all right. Due to problems with the venue, the venue have unfortunately pulled the gig. The gig is not happening. I am now on a non-stop service to Leeds. This point, my brain is racing through all of the possibilities of what's going to happen next. Because I knew that we'd, we'd pulled away, we'd been on the road for 10 seconds, but I knew there was no way we wouldn't turn back round. No. I knew that it was going to take about an hour to get to Leeds, and I thought, well, what are my options? Now, I suppose my option is, what I can do is I can pay for another bus back to get me straight back from Leeds to Sheffield. <laughs> but the trouble is, well, firstly, 
that's then spending even more money. So then it would end up costing me £40 to have not done a gig. But then I realised that we'd looked at all the buses yeah. and because the trains were on strike... But yeah, they were all booked up. So they were all booked up. So I knew that I probably couldn't get on a train back to Sheffield. A bus. Uh, uh, yeah, I certainly couldn't get on a train. <laughs> I probably couldn't get on a bus back to Sheffield. I thought, I know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go to Manchester. But yeah. of course, if you remember, I'm not booked on the, the bus straight away. I've got to wait in Leeds for over an hour. Bearing in mind, I now know 10 seconds into the journey that the gig isn't happening. I'm going to have to go all the way to Leeds, wait at Leeds for an hour and 20, knowing that I'm going in completely the wrong direction that I want to go in now, yeah. get to Manchester, and then say to the person who's picking me up, actually, we're not doing a gig, can you just drive me back to Sheffield <laughs> and I'll give you the petrol money? I wouldn't yeah. get home till 6 o'clock. So I'd be out of the house for six hours. I shouted to the driver, when's the next stop, mate? <laughs> I mean, I knew it was Leeds because it said director from Sheffield to Leeds. Fortunately, though, he said, it's Meadow Hall. Because obviously when it says direct from Sheffield to Leeds, it's classing Meadow Hall as <laughs> part of Sheffield. Because it is, it's just on the outskirts of Sheffield. Meadow Hall is a 10-minute bus journey away. So then I think, right, what I'll do, I'll get off the bus at Meadow Hall and I'll get the tram back. I've got on a tram at 12 o'clock, got on the bus <laughs> at 1 o'clock, and I'm by half past 1, I'll be heading back on the tram in the exact <laughs> direction, in the opposite direction, yeah. to take me back to where I was an hour and a half earlier, and I'll be back home at 2 o'clock. <laughs> So I'm feeling a little bit disgruntled, but I'm thinking, actually, I might make a bit of money from the gig now because I don't have to pay the petrol money. Yeah. Because all I've done is I've spent the 30, 40 pounds on the... On the buses. On the buses. But now I don't have to spend an extra 50, 60 quid on petrol money. So I'm thinking I might actually make like a few quid from the gig. And then I reread the email because now I'm, I'm sort of in a more focused mindset. So I just read the rest of the email and it said, because the venue have done this on the day of the gig, please invoice for the full amount. So then I realised I'm still getting paid for the gig. <laughs> so I was going to lose money by being out of the house for essentially a day, but now I'm actually making money by not doing the gig, and I was out of the house for two hours. So essentially I got paid to be out of the house for two hours, mm -hmm. and I got paid to get a tram, get on a bus for ten minutes, and then get the tram back in. <laughs> the same, essentially the same. It was the same driver as well. That was always brilliant. It was the same conductor. <laughs> he probably just thought I was like mad or something. Something like escape from some sort of psychiatric ward or something like that. <laughs> After one of your little gigs again, are you, David? Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so actually, I think that was it was a harrowing journey of sorts, but actually, it did have a positive end. Because you rang me just after you'd spoken to the driver on the bus, I had nipped to the loo after dropping you off. So you hadn't even left. By I haven't this point. even left. I hadn't even finished my wee when the phone rang. That's so how Ellie, quick that it just was. shows how quick it was. Ellie was still in the bus station. She hadn't even gone back. <laughs> to work by this point and I was saying I'm coming back home <laughs> well what drama and there's going to be more drama now my friends mm -hmm. because it's time for part three of Herbal Tea of the Week and this time we are about to sample some teas as we head back in London with Matthew Crampton Herbal Tea of the Week we're below ground, just off Piccadilly, in the basement of the wonderful Art Deco bookshop of Waterstones. Huge bookshop, and down here on the lower ground floor, surrounded by the covers of beautiful books like The Pearl by John Steinbeck, Our Man in Havana by Graham Greene, and some Nancy Mitford complete things. Nancy um, Mitford? Nancy Mitford, her complete novels. Yeah. Oh, the Daily Mail call them utter, utter bliss. Well, yeah, well, so exactly. <laughs> we are going to have some tea, and I'm going to tell you a story about my family and tea. She's back. Ellie? What's the news? What's the news? What's the news? We've got um, a selection of teas from Joe's Tea Company, which is actually a tea brand we haven't tried before. Oh, excellent. So. Perfect. If you select three, I'll get them. Right, let me... Okay, Matthew has returned. I have a full tray, so I'm just going to... We have three pots here. So, starting with the peppermint, Joe's Tea Company, is which is... Is there anything we need to London, know about Joe? Well, I believe it's a London-based company. There's a section on the website that says Joe's Story. Joe's Tea Company launched in 2012 and has since won 30 great taste awards and a loyalty-loving following. From artisan delis and independent restaurants to premium food halls, Joe's passionate team, big plans and new blends means there's always another reason to pop the kettle on here at Joe's Tea. Let's, let's not, not mark, the mark description and let's focus purely on the sensory experience of smell and taste. So Matthew, where do we head first? 
We're going first for the organic, proper peppermint. So we can smell first. I've smelt it and okay. I've tasted it. Oh, goodness. I mean, well, let's not focus on taste right now, Matthew. Oh, God. You're jumping the gun. Well, I must admit, the smell wasn't great. No. When I first, not, not when I, well, now I've tasted it. Oh, I can't oh. taste. I agree, but the, my, rich, my first impression was slightly household cleaning products. It's a bit of a flat mint to me. It's not yeah. the thingy mint, but it's just the smell of a mint. Whereas I, I really like it, so I would go for an eight for Ooh. smell. Okay. I really like it. What would you have said, Ellie? I was going to go seven. Seven, I think, is a, is a good score. I'm scope. on a five. My goodness, so get those written down. We've got an eight, we've got a seven, we've got a five. Maybe eight was too high. Maybe I thought that Matthew, I knew he was going to score low, and I tried to compensate for that, and maybe that's not the tactics. I think you've got to follow yeah. your heart. And follow your, your nose, follow your heart. So, for a first for Herbal no, Tea I'm week, still, I'm still giving that an eight. We are scoring out of 30, because we've got three. We've got a guest here. Three involved. Yes. So, okay, it's time so, to give it a taste. So, for the smell, we've got 20 out of 30. Let's see, give it a taste. Now, Matthew's already tasted... He's got positive things to say about it, unless he's had another taste and changed his mind. I'm not going to taste it, as is Ali. Interesting. I'm going to give it another taste while Matthew tells me his thoughts. Well, it's perfectly nice, utterly inoffensive, minty. Maybe I'm biased because I've been drinking a lot of real mint, fresh mint tea recently, and it's slightly hard to compare. I mean, that, that's got such a bite to it. This has no bite, mm. but it's very inoffensive, and I would say as good as this kind of tea could probably be. Really? So with that in mind, what are you giving it? Seven. <laughs> 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 okay, Ellie. I'd go with a seven. It's a solid mint tea. I think I'd prefer a mint blend, but that's not what this is. This is a pure peppermint. I was vacillating between a six and a seven. I think I will give it a seven. So seven across the board. Twenty-one. It scores just slightly higher for taste than it does for smell. So that's forty-one overall. Forty-one overall for Joe's peppermint. So, so next, we should probably go for the berries. Peppermint and spearmint, brimming with berries, uplifting. Peppermint and spearmint get fruity with strawberry, raspberry, and blueberries. Okay, so I it's don't also like got the get fruity thing. It's mm. just very cheap humour. It's also we don't, we don't do that on the podcast. <laughs> it's not really becoming for us to look down on people using cheap humour. Ingredients <laughs> are hibiscus, apple, spearmint, raspberries, strawberries, blueberries. Okay, we give it a smell. Oh my goodness, that is very berry. I can't really smell the mint. I've got a little bit of. Oh! It smells you know, like if oh you God. chopped up fresh raspberries and strawberries and put a little bit of castor sugar and then a sprig of mint on I top. I completely agree. That's what that smells that like. That is exactly like, it's almost like it maybe like some sort of cocktail or something. Mm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, Matthew, well. I'm going to score higher. I'm going to give that an eight. Ellie, what are your thoughts? I like it. I'm going to go nine. Oh my God. I think I'm going to have to undercut because there's points where I smell it and I really like it and there's other bits where I just sort of go, it's a little... I'm not keen of that fruity tea smell in a way. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. That's still a very good score. Smell total of 24. Oh, so it scores much higher than the peppermint. But now we give it a taste. Well, Matthew? Well, I think it does what it says on the tin. There is mint, there are tones of fruit. Yeah, it's reminding me I don't really like fruity teas that <laughs> no. much. I love the smell. I love the aroma, okay. but the taste is... its um... Ellie. Okay, so I had it first, and then I've topped it up with a bit of hotter stuff. But I think <laughs> it's got a slightly flatter taste than the smell would have suggested to me. I thought from the smell it'd be quite light and airy, and it's a bit more solid <laughs> tasting, which seems weird to describe something that's made with hot water. I'm going to go a six. I don't think Yeah, it I think I'm going to go for a five. I think it's neutral. The trouble I find with fruity teas is it slightly reminds me of being ill, because yeah. even though it's not, it's, it's that slightly lemsippy type. Medicinally. Yeah, it's a little medicinal, and I don't like that. So, for <laughs> smell, we got 24. For taste, yes. we got 17, which gives oh. it a teatotal of 41, which is it exactly ties. the same. Neck and rate. neck here, but we round things off with our final tea Maybe in the, the tea trilogy. Now it's I think... Oh, it looks very different. I think this is the one, it's the most exciting sounding one because it's the blend of the berries and the mint and I, although we just had that sort of, but it wasn't very minty the other one, was it? I wasn't really getting much in the way of mint the last so one. this is called minted up fruit tea. Minted up fruit tea. So I don't like fruit teas. I love mint, I like mint teas. How do we feel about the name minted up or the term? Oh. That's a bit kind of gangster, isn't it? Maybe. A bit, it's maybe. a bit Guy Ritchie. On the pictures on the website, it says organic, whole peppermint and spearmint mingled with rich red fruit. Joe's favourite cuppa. Okay. I mean, 
What's that? No, I, don't, I don't mind copper. I don't. No, 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 it's okay. It's just the minted up. Mint. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> okay, peppermint and spearmint brimming with berries. Hang on, I love the alliteration. I'm, I'm, all, I'm a bit of a sucker for alliteration. Brimming with berries. Pep up your cuppa with this minty berry fusion of peppermint, spearmint, strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries. I find pep up your cuppa very pep pleasing. Yeah. Very pleasing I... to the mouth and the ear. This one's got peppermint, spearmint, hibiscus, strawberry pieces, strawberry flavour, raspberry flavour, blue flavour, all natural flavourings. But as opposed to the other one, which was a, a lot pinker, this one's got a more sort of golden orangey colour. Okay, well, let's give it a smell then. Ooh. Oh. I like that smell because it's not what I was expecting. Mm. It, there is an yeah. element of interest, intrigue, maybe not danger, but certainly intrigue in there. And we're all giving it pretty hardcore sniffs here, aren't well, we? Well, yeah. Going back for more. It doesn't smell as strong, mm. maybe, as I... And in fairness, maybe it's because it's gone slightly colder because... We've been waiting for a bit We've longer. waited a bit longer. Do you want a top-up? So maybe we should actually yeah, maybe have should. a bit of a top-up. Maybe it's a tea that talks softly but carries a big stick. Mmm. Or maybe not. We shall find out. Hot top out. I'm going to give this seven and a half, eight, eight. I'm going to give it eight. eight. So this one is a lot stronger on the mint than the previous mint berry blend. I mean, I don't think my nose has blocked any further since smelling the last two. But no. It doesn't seem to be sort of. It doesn't seem to carry as much for me. No. I'm going to give. I'm, this... get, I'm getting a bit more of it now. I'm what going six. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. So I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Oh dear. Does that make it the that worst? It... No, smelling? no, no. It's exactly the same as the mint. Oh God, it's dying. <laughs> So the homeostasis of three is kicking in. This time we're going to say them at the same time. Okay, so we'll describe the taste first. This has been brewed Uh, for as long as the others, but I don't know that there's a lot of flavour to it, which is weird. The flavour that it does have, the flavour that it does have, I really like. Yeah, I agree. It is quite delicate. Mm. I think it's certainly the most interesting Mm. and the nicest of the flavours we've got. It's got more character. Yeah. But it's as though the character was in another room down the hall through a few closed doors. And like I've to, got my sound cancelling headphones on. But I'd like the idea of, I want to get to know the character more. Well, I think we need to open doors and run down the corridor. Mm. How do we do that? Shall I get the bag out and squeeze it? Squeeze. <laughs> Sorry, you're listening to it. Let's finish our tea first, we, Matthew. Well, we could hey. brew it up a little bit longer, maybe. Yeah, let's do that. Nice bags, by the way. They are. Yeah, well done, Ellie. The operation was successful. Wait. Well, I've got a score in mind. So it's been topped up. We are seconds away from the final reveal, which we're going to do all together. I shall say one, two, three, and then we shall say our score after three. There was a lady who sat down on the table next to us and then watched us narrating teas with a microphone and has got up and moved away with her back to us. Okay. Right, okay. Here we go. One, One, two, three, seven. seven. Oh! 21, I think we have a winner. Do we have a winner? No, we don't. Every single one is 41. 41! So that each one is 41, which means... Joe's Tees is consistently pleasant across the board. (laughs) I think you should send this off to Joe's Tees. I'm sure they'd love it. And say that you truly are hitting 41 out of 60. (laughs) You're middling. You're middling. If that's where you're doing... Probably, you know, to be honest, they have to be inoffensive, these brands. Yeah. Because they can't be offensive or exciting or have character. It's like it's the nature of branding in Britain today and anywhere in the world that you've got to be inoffensive. And exactly. so all the all the excitement has got to be in the name. Yeah, but the actual like product... The podcast. The product's got to be completely safe. <laughs> exactly. Like Again, like the David Eagle podcast. The David Eagle possum. Yeah. <laughs> He's our mascot. Herbal tea of the week. Well, that's, that's quite well thought through there that because is. I've just mentioned possums. Well, possums do not feature in Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact, but of course, a possum is an animal. Mm. And so there's the link. Excellent. Neither is there a link either. So I did a stand up set at the Fork East Festival in Suffolk. And as part of that, I did a quiz because I don't have to think of material. I can designate that to someone else. That lets me off the hook for 10 minutes. I thought it'd be really fun to do an Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact quiz live. One thing I'm slightly annoyed at myself for is I always put my lapel mic on, as you know, for when I'm doing stand-up, but really I should have taken the lapel mic off and put the microphone somewhere else because you get more of me than anyone else. So I've managed to try and do some editing because Ellie took a video from where she was. The trouble is that's next to her, so every time she laughs, then that is amplified. And, and we know not to how mention noisy all, that is anyway. Not to mention all the farting. It means Matthew's voice is going to be a little more distant, mm. but uh, I have managed to amplify it. But obviously once you do that, you get all the 
room noise as well. But what we lack in audio quality, we more than make up for in content quality. <laughs> it's time for the first ever live Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact quiz from Suffolk's Folk East Festival. It could be a cat or a rat or a bat or a frog or a hog or a monkey. It might have a penis that's bulbous or fat or a long one or short one or chunky. An eagle, a weasel, a snake or a shark with a member that's slender or goes in the dark. It might have a willy that looks rather silly or better misshapen and wonky. If we were on the radio, this feature might get us sacked. But now it's time for Ellie Skinner's weekly animal penis fact. Would you like to? Would you, uh... Would you like to sing it back at me? We'll do it one line at a time, audience. Uh, it could be a cat or a rat or a bat or a frog or a hog or a monkey. You see, I make it look so easy, don't I? But, uh... Okay, so uh, Ellie has uh, got some uh, animal penis facts. She's got uh, five facts, I believe. And we're going to see which of our contestants, two, two contestants, I think, will win. Or members, maybe we should call them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, Matthew, who, who have we got? Who are our contestants? My name's Natalie. Natalie? <laughs> Oh, so we've got an Ellie, so there might be a bit of an advantage here, as it is Ellie's weekly planet animal penis fact. Okay, so I'm going to hand over to Matthew Crampton with our first animal penis based question. Question number one, here we go. What is the name of a shark's penis? Is it A, a grasper? Is it B, a clasper? Or C, a clamper? A, B, or C? Okay. I'm hearing B. B, a clasper. What about you? C. C, a clamper is a traffic warden named after a shark's penis. So, Natalie, Natalie has gone for B, Ellie has gone for C, and the true answer is clasper, which is answer B. It is too small to be of any use. Number C, it emits bioluminescence in order to attract a mate. I really want it to be A. You want it to be A? Yeah, I'm trying to think why. That's your Christmas soldiers, right? See the bioluminescence, but was it a bright choice? Let's find out. Well, I'm afraid neither of you. Oh, it's, it's number B because actually the penis of a squid is too small to be of any use. Instead, they emit sperm capsules from one of their eight arms. How many hours a year? How many hours in any year are female pandas sexually excited for? A is 24 to 72 hours in a year. Number B is 36 to 92. And C is 48 to 116. Over to you, Natalie. A. A. 24 to 72, says Natalie. Whereas Ellie says. I should go with B. Well, I'm delighted to tell you, but I'm very sad for the female pandas. It's answer A. Oh. <laughs> 24 hours for 72 hours, so that's one for three days a year. Well, before we go on, I, I just, can you remember that story? I don't know if you read it in the news about the, the zookeeper who believed that one of his pandas was the reincarnated soul of Little Richard. <laughs> I remember, it was, who was the zookeeper called? It was Mr. Kruger, I think he was called. And uh, no, he, apparently the, he heard the panda, his panda make two demands. He wanted food and a mate. And apparently he was heard to be saying, uh, I want a panda Kruger and I want bamboo. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> he said, apparently. Uh, all right. Which Very brings, informative, this. Which uh, brings us to question four. Most aptly. There's only one more, one final question. 
This is the final. What is the score so far? Um, two nil. Oh, well, you can, well, I'll tell you, we'll have double points on this one, so you can't do this. There's five questions, Matthew, anyway. I've only got four. Oh, there is. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I... <laughs> You're about as much use as a squid's penis. Which of the following animals has a four headed penis? A kangaroo. Number B, koala. And number C, an echidna. 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 Which is a spiny anteater, am I right? Close enough. Yeah. Close enough to So A, kangaroo, B, koala, and spiny anteater. Which of the following animals has a four headed penis? I think it's you first, yeah? I'm going to go for C. C, that's C. Echidna. Echidna. Koala. 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 Right, well, guess what? Oh my gosh, it's answer C, the echidna. Ah, which means it's all to play for, is it? But also, we've got to find out about the echidna, because that is found out this fact. It closes down half of the penis for ejaculation, leaving the other half to fertilise the female. Question five, final question. Okay, which of the following animals has a spiny penis with a tiny spoon on the end? <laughs> Is it A, an elephant shrew? I mean, number two, a hyrax? What's a hyrax? It's a small mammal that is the closest relative to an elephant. But a it's very small. A very it's small like a rodent. mammal yeah. that's okay. like an elephant. Related to an elephant, <laughs> genetically. That's like what's small and growing but a trunk. A house going on holiday. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, sorry, uh, which of the following animals has a spiny penis with a tiny spoon on the end? An elephant shrew, a hyrax, or an elephant? A, B, or C? And I think we're back to you, Natalie. I don't know about the penises, but I've heard they've got good memories. Uh, the <laughs> okay. B, hyrax. B for the hyrax. Gonna go for A. A. Well, I'm delighted to say that A is the answer. Oh, Ellie takes it. I think oh. it's a draw. It's a draw. Draw. Yes. Wonderful work. A round of applause for Ellie and Natalie. There we go. Very professionally done. <laughs> I think. And Ellie is the winner. I think it's a draw. It's a draw. <laughs> To be honest, listening to that back, I still can't work out I whether it's think... a win or a draw. Yeah. Or what the hell happened. But they did each win a handful of your business cards. We gave them some of my business cards, and I had one, a couple from The Undertaker as well, <laughs> from last week's podcast. So Matthew Crampton is, of course, back with us for the final part of Herbal Tea of the Week, live from London. Herbal Tea of the Week. We're back in Waterstones Cafe and Matthew Crampton has a story to impart about his family and tea. Well, I've been doing some research into my family. They weren't known as Cramptons, known as Hannays back a few centuries ago. And I was finding out about a guy called Simon Fraser Hanney, who was a Lieutenant Hanney in the 50th Regiment, based in India during the 1830s. He went up to Upper Assam, where at the time, this is sort of northeast of Calcutta, on the border with Burma. The first time the British had got out there. And once they'd gone up there, he, around that time, retired from the army, became a naturalist and very interested in what was growing around there. He wrote a, a very famous treatise about timber in the area, but he also thought this would be a very good place, the hills of Assam, to grow tea. And so he was one of the first people to introduce tea to Assam. I have three histories of tea in Upper Assam, which I found in my bookcase just before I came out. I inherited them from my uncle, who used to be a tea planter there, and my dad was born in Shillong, in Upper Assam, uh, because his dad Reg Crampton was a tea planter. So that was 1925. It was his descendant, this Captain Hannay, who went out to Assam in 1835 to 6. Is famous as a pioneer of tea, an owner of tea gardens after retiring from government service, and the first to bring to notice the beneficial effects on the tea plant of the sow tree. They grew this sow tree, a very big tree, and then under it you'd grow the tea plants, and the shade from the sow tree would allow the tea plants to grow better. But then the story takes a rather sad angle because his wife Margaret traveled with him around India and got ill and she kept a diary as she was traveling around and I've got a copy of her diary that she wrote in 1830s and she progressively got iller and then she died in 1841 
in Gauhati. And I've got her final diary entry. Oh. This is uh, June the 17th, 1841 in Gauhati, which is in Assam. And this is her writing. At intervals, as freedom from pain will admit of, I shall write down daily events, my thoughts, feelings, and the state of health I am in, knowing that to my beloved Hane it will all be interesting. After parting yesterday with the being dearest to me on earth, I would indeed have felt desolate had it not been for the unceasing attentions of dear, kind Keith. I'm not sure who Keith is. I assume it's a human. But he amused me with his conversation, drove me out of the I assume it's a human. <laughs> it's a, could be a parrot, I suppose. And after a quiet social dinner by ourselves, I went to my room wonderfully well. However, spent a bad night. And until now, 2 p.m., I've been suffering sharp pain. Some medicine has at last given me relief. And I've just had some tiffin. And then later on, she says, the rain has been pouring in torrents all day, and we've seen no one. Darling Henry is well and very good. No news. And that's the end. Wow. It's quite um, apposite in a way. No news. No news. Yeah. And then literally no news again. Exactly. Wow. I think about that with famous last words. You know, is it, is it Oscar Wilde who did the either this wallpaper goes or I do? Have I got that? Is it Oscar Wilde? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you think like if he he planned that obviously and gone there, that's presumably it's going to be my last words there. But I wonder if it either re really was his last words or imagine if he hung in there a little bit too long. So he's like either this wallpaper goes or I do, and everyone's like, oh, it's brilliant. But then two hours later, he's still there and he's desperate for the toilet. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm desperate for the toilet. And then there, that's his yeah. last words. That would be tragic. And he's like, well, he did say, I'm desperate for his shit. There were technically his last words, but he did say something before that. We'll, we'll say that those were his last words. Exactly. Unless he'd been quite imaginative, he could have said the turtle's head is nudging against the curtain. That's, <laughs> which, which is, yeah. It's a beautiful he way, a poetic way of describing the same Going to heaven, situation. maybe. Exactly. <laughs> is there anything else about your family there? That uh... Well, this is all I found out. I'm yeah. now going to start the proper research because I've got these three big dusty volumes of the tea history of Upper Assam, which I inherited from my uncle. I do have a wall-sized map from 1941, which is restricted use. It's of Upper Assam, but only the British forces were allowed to have it, and you had to sign for your copy, and the government knew had it, in case it fell into Japanese hands, because it was quite close to Burma. Talking of books, though, Matthew, we've been talking a lot about mint with this Herbal Tea of the Week, and that relates to a book that you have written. I believe people can get access to the Trebor story. Yes, there's been a run on the Trebor story recently. Another family history, which I did for the history of the Trebor firm, which was my uncle, another uncle from the other side of the family. So I read the history of one of Britain's leading sweet companies, the Trebor story, who. Let me just give you one interesting fact. During the Nigerian Civil War of 1966, Trebor mints were used as an unofficial currency. Wow. How about that, eh? Matthew Crampton, Trebor, T-Ball. No, he's not a T-Ball. He's but... a poor, but in any, in any <laughs> Yeah, T-Ball is in like you're a, a pig ferreting through the, the truffles of, of information. How can people find out more about you, Matthew? All they have to do is go to my website, which is matthewcrampton.com. And I'm going to leave you actually with a final thought Ooh. my grandfather Reg from the tea plantation who having been the father to my father and my uncle ran off with the wife of the next door tea plantation manager oh. was chased across India in 1927 by a posse of tea planters leaving my granny alone with a two year old my father and pregnant with my uncle to make the solo journey back to England in 1928 to start a life and Reg was never heard of again. Wow. Oh. Until now. Matthew Crampton. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just a cup of tea for Matthew. It's also the pain and blood yeah. of past generations. The storm in many a teacup. Herbal tea of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little R at the ah. end. Matthew's one for the R. He is an as R. Well. That's all we got time for. Ellie is gone. We did do another 40 minutes of stuff. We'll slot that in somewhere else at some point. But I thought it was getting too much. I thought this is long enough. So we did a big goodbye at the end. But it had lots of in-jokes about the stuff that didn't make it in the podcast. So I'm recording this bit separately. Ellie's at Towersy Folk Festival. I'm heading off to Greenbelt, which is a Christian festival. I'm doing comedy for the Christians. What could possibly go wrong? 
Well, I'll tell you next week. Oh, first he came for the Jews. <laughs> I mean, because I did the Jewish Comedian Showcase. Maybe not the right poem to be misappropriating, but uh, I always like to do my most controversial bit at the end. What you don't realise, listeners, is I'm doing this bit with my penis out, and you should have heard what I was saying about Rishi Sunak while Matthew was talking about tea. Anyway, the Jews loved me. We'll find out what the Christians think. I'll tell you next week. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, I should probably mention that I have Ellie saying goodbye from the previous podcast, which I just pressed the button very cleverly there. Uh, then I realised, I just said that Ellie had gone. It might have confused you. I've got quite a lot of Ellie, just ready when I need her. But we've got a laugh. <laughs> we've got her saying goodbye. Bye. And of course now, we've got a fart. Oh! Hey, we could package all this together, stick it in a teddy, and then every time you squeeze the stomach, it does a different thing. <laughs> the kids will love it. Anyway, it's time to go. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.